0: reading from verse one. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to invite Katie to come up. She's going to speak um, to us this morning.
1: Oh, good morning. Father, may these spoken words be faithful to the written word and lead us to the living word, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So this morning, I'm talking about a faith worth passing on. So Imagine the scene. You're boarding a plane, ready to jet off on your summer holiday with your family. You jostle down the aisle, find your seats, stuff your bag in the overhead locker and sit down. It's usually a bit of a struggle and there are elbows and luggage wheels getting in the way. Once everyone is seated and settled, the cabin crew take you through the safety instructions, where the exits are, where the life jackets are, and what to do if the oxygen masks are released. In this event you're instructed to put on your own mask before helping children with theirs. Have you ever wondered why? Surely any good parent would want to help their children's safety before their own. So why this instruction to take care of our own oxygen masks first? Well, it's because of the effects of hypoxia. Hypoxia is a deficiency in the amount of oxygen in the blood reaching the tissues. And when your brain is starved of oxygen on a flight... It affects you physically. Symptoms vary from person to person... ...but include blurred or tunnelled vision... ...hot and cold flashes... ...headaches, fatigue and belligerence. Furthermore, if your brain is starved of oxygen... ...so your capacity to do simple things declines. In the short space of time without oxygen... ...you might not be physically capable of putting on your child's mask... ...let alone your own. You need to attend to your own mask first to ensure you have enough access to oxygen to enable the mental and physical facilities needed to take care of your children. If you become incapacitated through a lack of oxygen, you're no use to anyone. So it is with passing on our faith. We need to take care of our own faith before we can pass it on. Let's look at John 15. Jesus begins, I am the true vine. This is one of the I am statements Jesus makes which point to who he really is. In the Old Testament, Israel is described as being the vine or the vineyard of God. In Isaiah 5, which is a song about God's vineyard, verse 7 says, The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the house of Israel. There was a vine on the coins that the Israelites used, and a vine in the temple in front of the holy place. Jewish people recognised this as a symbol of their chosen status as God's people. Jesus is saying, I am the true vine. Salvation comes through his sacrificed flesh and blood, not through birth or lineage. It's not about who your father or mother is, or your Jewish heritage. It's about who Jesus is. Jesus goes on, my father is the gardener. The images in the Old Testament are of God the father clearing the land And planting his vineyard in a good place. Psalm 80, verses 8 and 9. You bought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, and it took root and filled the land. Now, I have to say, I'm not much of a gardener. It requires patience and toil, it requires knowing what to do and when to do it. I tend to wait for plants to really wilt before I water them. So I've done a bit of online research or Googling to see what it takes for a vine to grow. If vines are left to their own devices, they tend to become all straggly and trail along the ground. They need a frame to grow up. The nearest thing I can think of is the clematis that grows up our trellis at home. If we didn't tie it to the trellis, or I should say if my husband didn't tie it to the trellis, it would fall over and trail in the soil and earth. The flowers would not be able to open and bloom, and the whole thing would be a mess of tangle and weeds. So, picture a vineyard. Imagine row upon row of vines that are trained to grow along wires or cords strung along the mountainside. They look neat and tidy. Vines need to be tended by someone who knows what they're doing. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Then in verse 4, he says, Remain in me and I will remain in you. Other versions of the Bible use the word abide for remain. Abide in me and I will abide in you. The word abide means to remain, to continue, to stay, to wait, or to use an old word, to tarry, to spend time, to dwell. More than that, to abide means to live. In the Message Bible, Jesus says, Live in me. Make your home in me, just as I do in you. When someone is saved, they are described as being in Christ, and this applies to every Christian. Galatians two twenty says, "When we become Christians, Christ lives in us." In our passage today, Jesus says, "Make your home in me, just as I do in you." The noun abode is the place where someone lives, as in "Welcome to my humble abode." But the verb abide is active. Jesus is saying, live your life in me. This is not a picture of superficial acquaintance. It's a picture of intimacy, close relationship, sharing a home, of active participation. And if we abide in Jesus, we will bear fruit. Verse 5, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's think back to the vineyard growing on the mountain. Without the vine, the branches are useless and bear no fruit. Vines need to focus their energy on producing good quality grapes and grow towards the light so they don't end up in a tangled mess. Abiding in Jesus means having a life-giving connection to him. A branch is connected to the vine and the vine is connected to the branch. The union is mutual. If there's no connection, there's no life and no fruit. Fruit is the outward show of a healthy branch. When a branch stays connected to the vine, it bears a kind of fruit the vine grows. If Jesus is the vine, you'll grow fruit that looks like him when you live in him. Day by day, his character will grow in you as you make your home in Jesus, as you abide in him. So what does this fruit look like? Galatians 5.22 The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. These are all characteristics Jesus displayed and they will grow in you as you stay connected to the vine. Staying connected to the vine is an active process and involves submitting to the gardener, our father, who prunes the vine to help it bear more fruit. Back to verse 2 He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. As part of my Google research, I came across a website on champagne, only the best, of course, called From Vine to Wine. It describes grapevine maintenance, including a series of tasks aimed at promoting good quality fruit. As I explain these tasks, remember that in John 15, Jesus is using physical imagery as a metaphor for growth in our spiritual lives. So the first task is de-suckering. Sucker shoots start to grow where a branch joins the stem. And if they were allowed to continue to grow, they would deplete the life of the vine so that branches would produce mostly leaves... And limited fruit. These sucker shoots have to be pruned because they're non-fruitful. In the same way, God cuts away the things that get in the way of our spiritual growth. Things that will deplete or diminish our growth. Lifting. As the vines grow, they then need to be lifted off the ground, out of the dirt, and attached vertically to the wires, which run along above the main support wires so that the vine can get oxygen and sunshine to produce good fruit. If the vine stays on the ground, it will rot and the insects will destroy it. In the same way, God lifts us out of the mud and mire, Psalm 40, and gives us a firm place to stand so that we can grow as Christians, living in the light and thriving in his glory. Palisage. This is when the vine is attached to the trellis or a framework which increases the leaf area index allowing maximum light penetration and encouraging air circulation, again, to prevent rot. If I can stretch the metaphor a bit here, the trellis is God's care and support of us on a daily basis. It's the framework he puts in place to help us grow. More about this a bit later. Pinching back. This is part of the summer thinning, before or after flowering, and it's repeated twice, sometimes as often as four times a season. Pinching back is essential to prevent the vine from producing foliage at the expense of fruit. So this is pruning, the removal of any part of the plant to discourage growth in one direction and turn the energies of the plant in another direction. Pruning is necessary to produce fruit in the greatest perfection and abundance, and it may happen more than once. So remembering that Jesus is using physical imagery to portray a spiritual truth, as I said before, Our Heavenly Father cuts off the parts of our lives that don't bear fruit, such as bitterness, hurts of the past, unforgiveness, or things that distract us. Sometimes this can be painful, but it's necessary, because these are the things that get in the way of us bearing godly fruit. Then he prunes us as well. This is the pinching back phase. The vine is growing and producing grapes, but to produce better quality grapes and more grapes, the vine must be pruned. He prunes us to let other fruit grow. Again, this pruning can be painful, but it's essential. We may not always understand why we're being pruned, but as Tom Wright states, the vine dresser or gardener is never closer to the vine, taking more thought over its long-term health and productivity than when he has the knife in his hand. So the father is never closer to the branches than when the dead parts are being cut away or pruned, and new growth and transformation is taking place. Think about that. When the father is cutting or pruning, he's holding us. Look how close his hands are, and if you can see the fingers as he prunes us. And he does this so that we might be even more fruitful. Since God is the gardener, it's his job to grow the fruit to decide what to cut away and what to prune what characteristic he wants to grow in us today we don't grow more of God's fruit when we try harder we only grow more fruit by being connected to Jesus and God has used my children to develop these spiritual fruits in me he's developed more kindness patience gentleness and self-control through having children and of course lots of joy And he's still working in me. I don't know why you're laughing. And he's still working in me for more patience, more self-control, more peace, and more love. Back to our passage, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. As we internalize and experience God's love for us, our hearts will soften or ripen, and we will become more loving but we can't love in isolation. We need to express our love for others. Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. And this is the main fruit we display by abiding in Christ. His love in us bears the fruit of love if we remain in him. Verse 10, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love. As we are obedient and remain in God's love, we experience another fruit, that of joy. Verse 11, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. It gives God joy when we are obedient and it gives us joy to be pleasing to God. If we are regularly living out our faith and obedience, we will grow in love and joy and other people will see this in our lives. So how do we abide in Christ so that we bear much fruit? As I mentioned, abide is an active verb. It requires ongoing action to stay in the vine. Attach yourself to the trellis in obedience. Let the sustenance and provision of Jesus flow through you and stay connected in the following three ways. Firstly, growth comes through the engagement with God's word. Stay connected as an individual Christian. Read or listen to the word of God. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of God dwell in you richly. And in our passage today, a promise, verse 7 If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. As we let the word of God dwell within us, we start to change. We start to be more transformed into the image of God. People will see Jesus in us. Just last week, a friend was sharing with me the difference reading the Bible on a daily basis had made to his life, how he felt more connected to God, and how it had impacted his life in living out his faith. And I know for sure that when I start my day with God, reading the Bible, that's when I, when I encounter difficulties through the day, I'm not encountering them alone. Reading the Bible on a daily basis can be daunting. After all, there are 66 books but there is help help at hand. Scripture Union produces excellent Bible reading guides for daily use, and you can buy these in hard copy or download via their app. Daily Bread aims to help you hear from God as you read the Bible and think about what relevance this can have for us today. Encounter with God is designed to look deeper at Bible passages to help you understand what God is saying to you and his world today. There are copies at the back if you would like to have a look at them, and also a sign-up sheet Andrew Barker's very happy to get copies for anybody who would like one or you can sign up for Word Live straight to inbox via daily um, emails, that's on the Scripture Union website or you can use an app such as the Bible in One Year that Lee has recommended a few weeks ago reading your Bible on a daily basis is probably the most important thing you can do to stay connected to Jesus and grow in your faith So I would really encourage you to start this if you don't already. Perhaps you could commit to making this a daily habit during Lent. Secondly, growth comes through connection with the body of Christ. Jesus said, I am the vine. He is the true church. We are the branches. This is not just we are the branch, but we are the branches, plural. So abiding in Christ is meant to be something we do together. This is not about this is about being part of the body of Christ and staying to the, connected to the vine as many branches it's about loving one another and we need to do this in community being a member of a small group is a great way to stay deeply connected to the vine and i'm sure it's no surprise to you to hear me say that when i became a christian i joined a small group or home group as we call them here and since then i've been in several home groups and i can honestly say This has been a key part of developing and growing my faith as we spend time discussing the Bible, praying for each other and sharing our lives. We pray for each other's children. We pray for the children of friends. We pray for babies to sleep, for children to overcome anxieties at school, for their friendships, for their walk with God. And we give thanks for the small and great mercies. It's a really great way to stay connected with the body of Christ. We all need the encouragement and fellowship of other believers. And I would really encourage you to join a group if you aren't already in one. But don't just take my word for it. This is what other people at St. Giles have said. You can't read those, right? (laughs) An unmissable opportunity for deep fellowship, worship and discipleship. Home group brings me an inner peace and more understanding of God's word each day. A must for me to grow in faith and learn more about Jesus. Can I just ask, if you're in a home group, will you just stand up And then if anybody wants to find out more about home groups, these are the people to talk to. Thank you very much. Please sit down. Thank you. Thirdly, growth comes through confession and repentance. Sometimes small groups are not small enough. And here at St Giles, we're encouraging people to set up prayer triplets. And this is about helping people deepen their connection with God by praying regularly as part of a prayer triplet or quad There are some guidelines at the back of church for anyone interested in setting up a prayer triplet. And please do speak with Tim. He's not here today um, if you're interested in that. I've been part of one for about four years now. We actually call it a prayer band. And my children think it's hilarious because I don't play an instrument. And they don't believe I'm one of the singers. It's called a prayer band because the resources that we've used come from an organization that calls them prayer bands. Based on Ecclesiastes 4.12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord or band of three strands is not easily broken. And I have found this prayer triplet, actually a quad now, is a place where I can share what I think God is doing in my life, how I'm growing spiritually. When I sense God pruning or cutting away, these are the people I share this with, knowing that they will keep me accountable and will encourage and support me. In Matthew 18:20, Jesus promises, for where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. And we always sense the presence of God with us when we meet. We start with praise, so there is some singing in our band, and then we take turns to share and pray. We have lots of coffee, and there's generally lots of laughter, sometimes tears. Over time, we've built up trust between us to be able to open our hearts, to confess and repent together. And God has used that to develop more fruit in us, more love, more peace, more joy. Now, these are just three ways to help us stay connected to the vine and grow fruit to display God's glory. This fruit is reflected in what we do and how we behave. Other people can see this, especially our children. Today's Parenting for Faith video talks about creating windows, showing kids an imperfect, an imperfect real relationship with God, and I really like this. It takes the pressure off. Even though my faith is imperfect, if I talk about it with my children, they know that it's real, and this is a powerful thing for them to see. So can we just watch the video?
2: One of the ways we learn is by watching others do something and then having a go ourselves. Creating windows is about giving our children opportunities to see how we connect to God throughout the day. This just means doing what you normally do with God when your kids are around and letting them see or hear what's going on. That might be something that you routinely do, like reading your Bible, or it might be letting them see how you deal with the stuff that's going on around you. You can create windows into both the highs and the lows. Say you've had a really rough day, you're tired, one of your kids is ill and you've still got dinner to cook, but you grab a moment to call a friend you know will pray with you. By allowing your child to see and hear you ask for prayer, and be in the room while your friend prays on the phone with you, your child will see how connecting with God has made a difference to you. Day by day, as you create windows into your relationship with God, they will see what an ordinary, everyday relationship with God can look like. Whether you've been a Christian for years, or you're just exploring for yourself, showing how you connect to God right now, just as you are, can be a powerful thing for your children to see. Thank you.
1: So as you live your daily life as as a Christian... Let your children see this by being explicit in creating windows into your faith. I want to encourage all of you, even if the children in your life don't seem interested, they will still be watching you and learning from you, however old they are, even if they don't appear to be. Most importantly, we need to stay connected to the vine, to abide in Christ so that we might bear fruit, becoming more Christ-like, quicker to show compassion, quicker to be forgiving, and all the time growing in love and joy. And my final encouragements. There was a young boy who grew up in a Christian family in Holland, attending church, but not really paying attention. When he was a teenager, he managed to sneak out of church rather than attending. He just wasn't interested. His mother continued to pray for him, and when he joined the army and went to Indonesia to fight, she packed a Bible in his backpack, which he finally opened a few years later in hospital when he was injured. Gradually, from there, he became a Christian and went on to smuggle Bibles behind the Iron Curtain in the 1950s and 60s. You can read about Brother Andrew, as he is known, in his book God Smuggler. His mother didn't see him become a Christian, but all the time God was at work in his life as she stayed connected to the vine. She knew the importance of prayer and the Bible and in passing on her faith. Sixty years on since he became a Christian, and Brother Andrew now heads a worldwide organisation called Open Doors that supports persecuted Christians around the world. I encourage you to read his book, God's Smuggler, if you haven't already. Better yet, give it to your teenagers to read. God is at work in the lives of our teen- t- children. Testimonies are a really powerful way of sharing faith. Share your own, share other people's. And finally, growing fruit takes time takes time and perseverance. Don't expect instant change, instant fruit or instant growth. When you are discouraged and experience setbacks, don't give up. Stay connected to the vine. Read your Bible, go to a small group or a prayer triplet and let the gardener do his work in you.
0: It's Kate Tango, leaders in prayer. the band like to come up? Let's pray. So, Father, we pray that you would lead us in this area, those of us who have uh, children, that you'd help us open windows into our faith, that you would uh, help us to share the hope that we have found in you, the joy that we know in you. Uh, and, Lord, uh, for all of us, we pray that you would lead us deeper in our relationship with you, that you would strengthen uh, our faith in you, that you would help us to remain. Um, uh, rooted um, in you, that we would truly abide, rest, dwell, remain, tarry in you. or we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just stand. We're going to sing again. As we sing this.